1: It's a podcast about the books you've been
0: meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. Burr, 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 burr. What? What's the, what's the horn for?
1: Oh, it's <laughs> episode 600. Didn't you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I knew. Yeah. I thought we were going to make like lightning noises because of the lightning. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know how you do like a hundred of something and it feels really momentous and then you do a hundred of something after doing 500 of it first and it feels less, less momentous. That's kind of how I feel about 600. Like I'm glad to be here, but I wish it, you know, I wish I could, st- I wish I could still feel, you know, I wish it was still fresh.
1: Well, that's what we're still
0: chasing that feeling. That's what we're
1: here to do. Andrew, we've got a mm-hmm. bunch of friends in the chat mm-hmm. celebrating with us
0: here, streaming, uh, 600, did you know, Craig, that in the United States, a credit score of 600 or below is considered poor, limiting available credit at a, nominal in- at a normal interest rate?
1: <laughs> you know, um, I did know that when I was trying to get my credit score up mm-hmm. to buy a house, mm-hmm. and did you they know, said it was fine.
0: Did you know that NASCAR runs 600 advertised miles in the Coca-Cola 600, its longest race? I did know that, yeah. Did you know? Okay. I did. I'm just making sure that you knew.
1: Okay, any other six hundreds that like?
0: You ever watched the movie Three Hundred twice? I'm just. <laughs> I was. Just, I'm reading the Wikipedia, and under the credit and cars subheading, it says mm-hmm. those two things that I just said to you, and then the Fiat Six Hundred is a car. So those are the thing. Those are fun facts about the number six hundred,
1: huh? I don't think I've ever been in a Fiat. Mm-hmm. Fiat. Fiat? Fiat. F- 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 fiat. <laughs> it is fiat. Well, the word, the noun is if you're doing something by fiat. Yeah. Like the gods
0: do in Percy Jackson. Like the, yeah, the gods do. And the do Olympians, it, the lightning Persons. thief. Yes, that's a good, it's a good way to tie a background. Anyway, the fiat, fiat. Bio 600, it's a car. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> let's, do a book po- let's do a book podcast. Welcome to our book
1: podcast where each week one of us reads a book and tells the other mm-hmm. one about it. And mm-hmm. you, the listener, or you, the viewer, during our special episode 600 stream uh, can experience the book through our eyes and ears and thoughts and words and mouths. And mouths. Uh, so we're going to talk to celebrate this. We're going to embark, maybe. On another big series in the world of literature, a best-selling mm-hmm. series. We've done this mm-hmm. before with milestone episodes. Uh, we are going to talk about Percy Jackson and the Olympians: Colon, the Lightning Thief.
0: <laughs> I I don't know what it is about this series, but even the like the sort of cultural osmosis that brought things like Fifty Shades and, and Twilight to me before we read them did not like the currents of the stream of pop culture did not bring Percy Jackson to my no. doorstep at, at, at like any point. Like I, I, I recognized the name, like the two words, Percy and Jackson. I had heard them next to each other before, <laughs> but when the first one was published in 2005, I would have, we would have been just starting college. Like I would have moved on to, to big boy books like the wheel of time by then. <laughs> What's and that? Um, what, is yeah, it the... I never watched, never saw the movie. Like I just, I just missed this one entirely. So it's been interesting to discover that there are like three hundred of these
1: books. There, it's funny. I did not read these either. And in my head, when we picked this series. I was mistaking it for what is it? The Lloyd Alexander
0: books? Oh yeah, sure. The Book of Three, Black Cauldron, etc. Which I know you have read. I have read, and would like you to read at some point. I, maybe we'll get there. But I was yeah.
1: surprised when you were talking about this series as if you hadn't read it, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. whoops. Yeah, I'm just
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I can't. I cannot play the role of expert shepherding you through the the world of percy jackson like i don't know anything about anything (laughs) no just like you it's true but we Uh both read this one for this milestone
1: ep so we will both be able to talk a little bit about the book and about our reactions to it which will break our cardinal rule for a Special episode. We've done that before. You shouldn't
0: Mm -hmm. be surprised. It's special, everybody. If we don't do something special, then what's special about it?
1: We'll probably be shouting out some folks in our audience during the episode today. Of course, if you want to join us in future bonus episode streams, you go to patreon.com slash overdue pod. We're a listener-supported podcast. You can join us for some of these in the future, which we do every other month uh, with a a more intimate crowd where (laughs) maybe we'll talk a little bit about Garfield. Uh, yeah. Who knows what? But we're going to be Car- talking about uh, Percy Jackson today, Andrew. What do you know <laughs> about our friend Rick Reardon, the author of the two thousand Percy Jackson books?
0: <laughs> I know that Rick Reardon was born in nineteen sixty four, and he's an American author who found his niche and stuck with it. <laughs> like you got to respect, <laughs> you got to respect Rick Reardon's thing because, like, yeah. he found what he was good at, and he is just iterating relentlessly. Um, He used to be a teacher, uh, which he stopped, you know, he, he quit shortly after, uh, selling the Percy Jackson series. Um, and he is, he's talked a lot about how his former students and his kids like informed his work and, and how they basically their voices like (laughs) live in his head when he's trying to, like, he thinks about the things that the kids in his classes would like when he is trying to write these books. And mm. that is what guides him to writing like middle grade fiction, which is which is cool. Like it's we've, we've read a lot of teachers who have become authors on the on the show before. I just think it's it's neat to get as inside a perspective as you can get into like a current kid's head without having to rely on your own possibly inaccurate uh, memories about what you liked when you were <laughs> 11 years old. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm hearing from uh, the producers that it is pronounced Riordan. Ry-er-den. As in rye bread.
0: As in rye bread. Rick Riordan. Rick Riordan. Rick Riordan.
1: Or ride on like a good. lawnmower, Bronwyn <laughs> says. <She's okay. laughs> Shout out to um, everyone in the chat who jumped onto their keyboards to tell us that we were wrong. We, You know, there's a reason we don't it. do this every episode. <laughs> I love it. I
0: mean, maybe we should. Um, so he's he said that he didn't really enjoy reading himself until he was like 12 or 13 yeah. when a teacher introduced him to the Lord of the Rings. Um, and his, you know, one of his philosophies about getting kids to read, and I think I've heard other YA and children's authors talk about this too, is, you know, let, let kids read what they want to read as opposed to trying to make them read what is important. And then if they learn to love reading early, they'll come back to the important stuff later. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So he wrote originally uh, some adult like it's not like a, not like adult books, no. like, <laughs> like books for adults. <laughs> um, it's a it's a series, a five book series called uh, Trey Navarre or Trace Navarre, I guess. It's it's set in Texas, so I bet Spanish is the language yeah. to yeah. go with. Um, it's a series of mystery novels that he started in 1997. Big First Red book- Tequila. First book is called Big Red Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up my belt and do a couple slugs of my big red tequila it reminds me of
1: in my fourth grade band concert when we played the song tequila mm-hmm. and a bunch of <laughs> nine-year-olds would take their trumpets
0: away from their mouths and go tequila <laughs> yeah tequila is a mainstay in our high school marching band as well
1: <laughs> Just so appropriate big,
0: yeah big yeah it was great
1: uh, he did our, for some... my for my
0: senior year our band director also uh, did uh an arrangement of stacy's mom for me well <laughs> because i bothered him about it yeah until he did it. <laughs> of course
1: uh he did win an edgar and a seamus and other other awards for these mystery books um you know for a, a debut novel like he was getting
0: attention for it before right he- yeah like they, they were just so thoroughly overshadowed by the yeah <laughs> by the d- dozens of books of the Percy Jackson series that it's not really the th- Like his last one I think was published in 2008 Which was mm. three years after he was started doing Percy Jackson Sure, And everything he's been doing since Percy Jackson Has been either like a spin-off of that series Or like Percy Jackson but make it Norse uh, Percy yeah. Jackson but make it Egyptian And those <laughs> are know, in the same
1: <laughs> universe but they're just not mm-hmm. Yeah and there,
0: there have been crossover that. books in yeah. fact But um so yeah, Lightning Thief came out in two thousand five, um, and then there are five books originally in the like the mainline Percy Jackson series. that came out um, one per year between two thousand five and two thousand nine. So you got the Lightning Thief, you got the Sea of Monsters, you got the Titans Curse, you got the Battle of the Labyrinth, and you got the Last Olympian. Um, after that, he picks right up with the Heroes of Olympus series, which same world, some of the same characters. Um, Lost Hero in 2010, then The Son of Neptune, The Mark of Athena, The House of Hades, and The Blood of Olympus. And then after that, he takes a year off. <laughs> 2015 has no Percy Jackson, like Whoa. main Percy Jackson books, which is which is a big thing, um, though. Maybe he did like a coloring book or some kind of anthology or something that I just didn't read. About, <laughs> read about. Uh, but he rolls into the Trials of Apollo series uh, with the Hidden Oracle 2016 Dark Prophecy, then the Burning Maze, then the Tyrant's Tomb, then the Tower of Nero for the Tower of Nero interview circuit. He did an interview in The Guardian where he talked about saying uh, farewell to Percy Jackson uh, the next Percy Jackson book comes out this year. It's called The Chalice of the Gods. Oh, wow. Uh, we don't say goodbye. We just say farewell or whatever. But we, <laughs> um, he had plans to retire to be like a mythology PhD student, which is, I mean, admirable, but also wild to me that you would spend two decades writing all these mythology books and then be like, you know what? I really want to take further into <laughs> is mythology uh but disney came a knocking to make a new adaptation for the percy jackson book yeah and that like that made him i don't know that just got his creative juices going he's still in the game well yeah good job
1: rick netflix had uh optioned the 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 Kane. what are those books it's another series um -hmm. oh i don't remember the other name of the of that series Sure, i'll
0: I'll pull it up while you go
1: um, but fun to, fun to think about this uh, based on recent comments by Bob Iger as the time of this recording. Um, Sagan, WGA are on strike. Uh, oh, you mean
0: all the, the horrible anti-labor stuff that every single manager person in Hollywood is saying right yeah. now? Tell me more. Yeah, it's uh, the, the Kane, Kane Chronicles. Chronicles. Yeah. And then uh, Magne- the, the Norse one is called Magnus Chase and the yes. Gods of Asgard.
1: Sure. Um, also, so that, like the backstory of this whole series is uh rick he's teaching history in english and he's hanging out you know he's making up stories for kids he's making up
0: stories for his son mm-hmm. um who was in
1: i think second or third grade at the time
0: i could be wrong about that yeah and had recently been diagnosed yep. with adhd and dyslexia And
1: dyslexia mm-hmm. but was studying the greek myths as well And wanted some, you know, new, wanted some bedtime stories. Uh, And like a lot of authors we've covered on the show who write these very successful, like, kind of classics of children in YA fiction. He was just telling these stories at night to his son. um, Kind of riffing and coming up with this whole new character, Percy Jackson. And then as the story goes, he sent a manuscript to his agent. But then also took a version into school yes, and was like reading it to kids. Like,
0: yeah, crash test this book for him, which I like. There, was an there were a couple of good quotes from him about yep. his students. I just want to read them real yeah, fast. Yeah. There's one in an interview on his site that says, uh, My favorite comment from a student I assigned a five page paper and he rolled his eyes and said, Mr. Riordan, just because you write books doesn't mean we have to. <laughs> I laughed, but he still had to write the essay. <laughs> And then he also said that kids are a much tougher audience yeah. than adults. They won't sit through a bunch of extraneous information. The writer has to get to the point quickly and hold the reader's attention. And I, like remember this so clearly. Like there are big parts of Fellowship of the Ring and I think Prince Caspian, the second it was the second of the Narnia books when I read it. I don't know what it is now. Um, where there's just like a lot of expositiony stuff. And I love those sections coming back to them later as an adult but as a kid i was like boring yep. where's the lion <laughs> like come <laughs> on <laughs> somebody swing a sword at a spider or something like what what are we well, doing
1: well <laughs> and that's what i re- that was my primary reaction to this book as i was reading it was like holy this is a set piece oh yeah, this books. is a, like once the mm-hmm. quest starts it is like Encounter, 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 encounter.
0: Mm-hmm. Character building, kinda be like we are. They, turn, they turned up the random uh encounter yeah. mechanism in this book up. Way like a little maybe a little maybe a little too far, <laughs> but I think it mostly was. Just a
1: little, but
0: yeah. yeah, he's he said
1: I always imagine myself reading my own book aloud in fifth period right after lunch. If you can hold the attention of a classroom in fifth period, you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um so this book winds up on a bunch of best book lists and then it gets uh, adapted into a film in 2010 by Christopher Columbus,
0: <laughs> which he hated. This is some of my favorite stuff that I've read researching any recent author that we researched for this show. He and he was
1: like he wasn't involved in the production. This is like a very different time. I think more. Yeah, authors, it was like he, he had sold
0: the rights yeah. just like as a matter of doing his book deal like years before and like maybe they would get sold maybe they wouldn't he would just take the extra money on top and and let the let the chips fall where they may i guess
1: i feel like in the in the streaming era which he does talk about at one point where he's like There's a new sense in Hollywood that they need content badly. There's a willingness to work with content creators. And I thought that that quote aged poorly. Anyway. um,
0: (laughs) Well, work with them in the sense that (laughs) the content creators do whatever the executives want. Yeah. Period. Period. Yes. yes. But Mm -hmm. they are involved. Yeah. Um, Like they do get to edit the AI generated scripts (laughs) of whatever sitcoms.
1: But this one, he just, woof, thought it was garbage and did his best (laughs) To, like, write letters to be like, please
0: do not make my movie garbage. Please, sir, don't make my movie bad. Beanbag Books in the chat says, extremely relevantly, Chris (laughs) Columbus can only make movies identical to the book or completely unrecognizable. No middle ground. (laughs) No middle sliders for Chris Columbus movies. Um, Some of the... (laughs) You want to, like... I I have a bunch of things pulled. Go for it. I just, uh, here, let me find, where are the quotes that I've got? Uh, there are things I like about this adaptation. Having said that, here's the bad news. The script as a whole is terrible. I don't simply mean that it deviates from the book, though. Certainly it does that to a point of being almost unrecognizable as the same story. When I first read the script, I'll admit I was plunged into despair at just how bad it was. If I were intentionally trying to sabotage this project, I doubt I could have done a better job than this script. He's,
1: his. Biggest objection is that the characters get aged up a lot. And he.
0: His. I mean, that is that is definitely one big objection. His biggest objection is. And I as a writer, I relate to this like extremely hard is that someone came and changed his story. And he is like, I wrote it that way for a reason. Change it back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) At one point he says, please do not, quote
0: unquote, sex up my children's story. Uh huh. He also, he also implored them not to use the word biatch. <laughs> yeah, he did.
1: <laughs> Which, in my... Like, that's in the movie? I hope I not. I don't know. They cut, like, a huge fight scene mm-hmm. uh, and changed the ending and, cha- like, completely changed who the big bad is. Mm-hmm. And he's just like... At one point, he's like, there are five of these books. Like, if you do it right, you could have five good movies. Yeah, don't you want five good movies?
0: Mm-hmm. It's just
1: just some king stuff in his response. Well, and
0: this is like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right? Yeah, like we yeah. had the Harry Potter formula for how to adapt a a series like this had been well established. He
1: keeps saying yeah. like they yeah. did it. They did not age up that tiny child with the scar on his head. Like they didn't do it, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they okay in 2010 there was an exclusive nintendo ds game um, <laughs> okay you've you've
0: officially moved beyond my research that now.
1: <laughs> apparently was it had turn-based combat that might Ooh. be interesting but everything else was kind of lacking
0: mm-hmm. there
1: was a musical in 2017 i remember when this came out uh, it was a national tour and then it went to broadway uh, had a short broadway run but did receive some tony nominations um and then of course there is this disney plus series that maybe they'll make one day
0: they're working on it yeah they've they've made a bunch of casting um announcements and things but it's you know any any post 2020 tv show i think is sort of fallen into some kind of like covid related production hell like it just it just kind of happens and now that you can fully make a finished tv show and then choose not to show it to people for tax reasons. Like yeah. who knows if we're ever going to see this thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he just did not want people to monkey with his, with his book. Bull- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and he's extremely creative. He and his, his wife, I think are extremely yeah. creatively involved in this, this new project. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If, if people, I just, why would you say, I want to make a Percy Jackson movie and then not use the story because all the Greek Gods and stuff are already, like, they're in the public domain. You don't need to pay anybody anything. To, to You could just make a movie about mythology, I guess.
1: They got rid of a lot I guess you of want the, the stuff name.
0: that's in the book. I guess you want the name to, like, draw in the suckers who read the book. But. Yeah.
1: He just mm. he keeps painting pictures of all the children he's been talking to on his book tours who are like, please, I hope the movie's good. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to make these kids sad. Mm-hmm. Um, And he does, he does really seem to care about both his students and his readers. Uh, There are a bunch of quotes from him in this 2020 Guardian interview, where he also talks about like, introducing other characters that reflect, you know, some of the kids who read his books. Um, He talks about. Characters like Nico D'Angelo who comes in later who is gay and Alex Fierro, who is a gender fluid character who comes in I later think, in the th- Norse think, books.
0: Yeah, in the Norse books,
1: yeah. Um, and he's like, Listen, I I had kids who uh, were trans or gender fluid when I was a teacher, and I didn't really like I wasn't the best teacher for them at the time because I didn't know what to do. He said, I tried to be there for them, but I wish I had understood what those students were dealing with and had the language and the emotional capacity to help them more than I did. So that's always sat with me. It made perfect sense to me that a child of Loki would be gender fluid. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the kids that I write about at one time or another have been in my classroom. I feel very protective of them. I am very aware of my responsibility to do right by them to make them feel safe. And that, there is, I was waiting for one, there's a, There's like a whole thing in this book where someone is like a mole. Someone is a sneak. Someone is a saboteur. And I was, when it was revealed who it is, which I'm sure we'll talk about, I was not surprised when I then read this quote. And like how he takes care of the kids at the heart of this book and at the heart of these books. Like that mm-hmm. seems to be his
0: his raison d'etre
1: if you will speak Greek with me.
0: Do you, do you want to hear some? We have some firsthand testimonials in the chat. Oh, please. Uh, Paige, Paige says, we read the book in my sixth grade class and we went and saw it in theaters together and it was chaos. We hated it. <laughs> and then Aust, Austin says, anyone else go in for that midnight premiere at like 10 years old and walk out in tears? No. So, <laughs> Rick Riordan was right. Justice for Rick. Hashtag. Yeah. And now people are talking about the Wheel of Time TV show which I can't like it's a I can't get drawn into that discussion or I will completely derail the sure. podcast.
1: Okay. So as we transition into talking about the book, Andrew,
0: were you a myths kid? Uh, excuse, a, a myth kid? Dude. Not. <laughs> I knew I knew myth kids. Yeah, I knew myth kids also. But I was not a big myth kid myself. I was as a classics major in college, like that was my that was a bigger exposure. For me, yeah, and and I spent like. weren't you a Rome my, head though? I was a, I was a Rome head, and I did my senior project. Like, I was more interested in like the political end of like how um, Greek religion was like absorbed into to Roman culture. Like, that's what I did my sure um, senior project on, and it was kind of interesting how they the Romans let the cult of the emperors basically flourish in Greece because like. They just like, they just like, they just like statues. They just like worshiping guys. Like, (laughs) let's just, let's just let them do it. Um, So that's, that's really interesting. But um, no, I did not, I was not a big into just like reading about or, or like we have a friend who's six year old is so into Greek Greek mythology right now. And it makes a lot of sense because there's some wild stuff that happens. Yeah. yeah, but no, that was that wasn't me as a kid.
1: It was not me either. I think my way into it from like late teens into college was theater and like stuff that was showing up in
0: Sophocles. Oh, Cass says I played Age of Mythology and it was my whole personality mm. for a year. Does that count? I also played Age of Mythology and thought I thought it whipped. So I think it does. So count. yeah, Age of Mythology counts. All right, so I was a myth kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember that one book that get that you read in high school or late middle school that has all the myths in it is it is it the it's not the hamilton what's that book
0: it's just i did not i did not read this one i bet the maybe the chat maybe the chat will help you
1: yeah the edith hamilton mythology book where it's just like the stories Mm -hmm. written down you know Mm -hmm. kind of in an Aesop fable kind of way um but i was not like steeped in them did play god of war one and two
0: Oh, I have a visual aids. Please, yes. As we start... So, all right. Rick Riordan, not the first guy to play in the sandbox of fully no. public domain characters who used to be part of a religion but <laughs> aren't anymore. <laughs> 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 um, so, there, there are video games. So, there's the God of War series. Here's, here's dad, Kratos, yelling about something, probably his son. Now, Kratos, not part of a... Uh,
1: not a public domain character from a religion he's a copywritten character no but
0: like but like percy like it's interesting to me to see okay here are the characters who kind of did exist but nobody really talked about them so i can do a whole story about them here are the characters who i can make and insert into this established fictional world without having to get all like draw a map and create a language before i start writing my fantasy book Mm -hmm. um We've got the Hades games that you and I both like a lot. Hades is very good. Those are those are great, like modern uh, mythology adaptations, I, I think, and I, also good good games. That I think only I make mentioned my it hurt a little bit. <laughs> I think I
1: mentioned it on the one of our recent Sandman episodes. But one of the things I really liked about Hades, and this book has some of it too, is that it deals with the fact that these are immortal beings who have to deal with their relationships
0: forever mm-hmm. and even like, though they sometimes they literally kill each other
1: yeah but you know they're gonna come back because it's like killing what mm-hmm. you know what does that mean yeah and so like there's an you recognize yes i might kill you but then like we're gonna have to talk about it later <laughs> yeah. and i do just like that about this pantheon
0: of, of characters mm-hmm. yeah uh so we've also got we've got uh Hercules has been has been pretty popular here about this guy. There's an extremely uh loose adaptation of the Hercules myth for yeah. Disney in the late 90s.
1: Look, that's a um, photo
0: of Danny DeVito. I don't That know. is a that is a photo of Danny DeVito. I've seen that same picture of him on Jersey Mike's advertisements <laughs> driving are, down 76. We are of course <laughs> talking about Disney's Hercules. Yes, Disney's Hercules. Uh, there is uh, Hercules: The Legendary Journeys and Xena, Warrior Princess. Another big mid to late '90s touchstone. And for we mythology. don't need to
1: talk about um, the guy who played Hercules at all. We just that that was no, a that no, was no, a no. documentary, actually. No, and we
0: don't need to talk about the guy who played Hades in the Disney movie. At all oh year. no, we, we don't need to talk about either of those guys. No, nope, not at all. We can just um, move on. just a lot of a lot of fun adaptations. That's the end of my PowerPoint. I, I think. <laughs> The, what stands out
1: to me in the research that I was doing and in our little PowerPoint here is that there wasn't an analog book series like this that I encountered. Like I don't, I can't think of another series that is playing with myth like this. We've talked about um, what is that author, Song of Achilles and the Circe book. Who is that? Oh, uh, Madeline Miller. Um, Madeline Miller. Yes. Yeah, we talked about Circe, and that that's more recent. And that's
0: more directly like, let me take an existing myth story, yeah, 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 like the the whole thing, and adapt it to be from another perspective. Where Percy Jackson's more, let me take a new character and like a you know modern like the Percy Jackson. I I would say that he has a bit of a tood, (laughs) just like (laughs) relatively speaking, he's not full on Sonic the Hedgehog. No, he's not. He's not. He's not Gex the Gecko. But he does bring (laughs) just like a hint of tood. To the, the Greek pantheon. But yeah, let me drop this new character and a modern perspective into this world and just like see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and we're going to talk about why it's set in America also, which mm-hmm. Riordan does deliver... There is a character... Found, delivers, the, found the
0: one Gex the Gecko fan in the chat. <laughs> hey, bud.
1: Delivers a monologue about why it's set in America, mm-hmm. which I found a little interesting as a premise, but... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: should we just dive right in, Andrew? Yeah, 35 minutes in, let's dive right in. <laughs>
1: yeah. So if you haven't read Percy Jackson, we're going to talk about the story. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll want to go read it afterwards. Or maybe you have favorite parts that we won't talk about. That's how the podcast works.
0: Would you like to begin at the very beginning a very good place to start? I would love to. Okay. So this is the first part of the book. I'm just we, We're we getting fancy. We're putting up some quotes. Yeah, I will Craig, read. you want to read that? Yeah, yeah, I will read the quote. Look,
1: I didn't want to be a half-blood... If you're reading this because you think you might be one, my advice is close this book right now. Believe whatever lie your mom or dad told you about your birth and try to lead a normal life. Being a half blood is dangerous, it's scary. Most of the time, it gets you killed in painful, nasty ways. So, that was when I opened this book and started reading it. It was a little bit, I bet you're wondering. How I, <laughs> up in yeah, this how I ended up in this situation. Yeah, and it also stood out to me as I can't remember the last one of these like kind of YA supernatural adventure books that we read a lot of um, that is in the first person in, like kind of an immediate uh, casual first person like this, mm-hmm. uh, which does give it a different flavor. It give, you know it does give
0: it some of that toed that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And Wait. it's also like this might happen to you too. so That watch part out. was interesting, yes, <laughs> and he does,
1: it never comes back. Never again does he like and remember as you're reading this book that I'm narrating.
0: Mm-hmm. But you yeah, know, Swampertada a- in the chat brings up this possibility that it may have, like, what if what if kids did just put it down and walk away? <laughs> like, this book told me not to read it, and I've got other stuff to do, so. <laughs>
1: So what is what is Percy's deal at the beginning of the book, Andrew? Give me a give me a rundown here. He
0: is, uh, he is not quite Harry Potter-esque. And the Harry Potter we're just going to use is that we're just going to use it as a touchstone because it is, I've got to imagine that Percy Jackson, the series, was bought partly yeah. as a reaction to Harry Potter when every publisher on Earth was like, we need our middle grade yep. magic book series. Yep. Mm -hmm. um so he is he is a quote-unquote regular kid except he's kind of a misfit he's been bounced around in a lot of schools he's got um i mentioned riordan's uh son having adhd and dyslexia before It's, it's relevant because percy jackson also has those conditions but they're they will talk about how they come up in the story later, but it is, it's relevant to the book is not just like a weird facts about somebody's son that I was sharing. No, no recess, <laughs> Um, and he's, yeah. So he's been in six boarding schools in six years. His mother seems to love him very much, but also, you know, he's in boarding school. Um, he's kind of away from her all the time. Yep. And sometimes weird stuff just happens to him. Sometimes you know, sometimes just weird weird inexplicable stuff happens to him like he goes to an art museum on a field trip and a teacher like turns into a nightmare beast and tries to kill him and then his other his
1: classics teacher throws a pen to him that becomes a sword becomes a sword and he kills the monster and also yeah. he was standing in a fountain and it stood and stood up to a
0: bully yeah and the bully got wet yeah and then, and then he's like, well just I' all right, school year's over better go home.
1: There is a moment (laughs) where uh, he – and he got his best friend Grover, um, and he's like, hey – and he's talking to Grover and some other people, and he's like, hey, remember – like, where did Mrs. Dodds go? And they're like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean?
0: Who's Mrs. Dodds? Who's Mrs.
1: Dodds? We have a different algebra teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we learn later in the book that, like, all of the normies, all of the uh, non-supernatural people, humans – Kind of perceive the world in whatever way makes sense
0: to them. There's a thing called mist yeah. that like blocks their perception of supernatural beings, and it's it's like it's a thing that like Harry Potter has to do it, uh, Buffy and Angel had to do it. Like there 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 always had to be a description for why the body count in this town could be so high without without people like leaving on mass. It's not quite the Men in Black. <laughs>
1: Neuralizer, mm-hmm. right? Because it's happening as people literally look at reality. Yeah, Sophia- like
0: their brains are doing the are doing the thing.
1: Sophia mm-hmm. says, gaslight gatekeep Grover. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a thing that Grover is kind of doing to Percy, where he's not really letting on what is going on. But Grover
0: is a... a seder- well, okay, Grover is a kid. Grover yep. is just a regular kid yep. who is Percy Jackson's friend at school, but he's also... I don't know, kind of a weenie, kind of a sort of cowardly sort of character. Yes, he's not Grover the Muppet, but I d- could see Grover the Muppet being cast as Grover, the completely regular kid. Yeah, sure. In this book, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, what they're taking a bus back from the field trip—is that when they see the old ladies?
0: No, the, bu- the they see the old ladies on the bus when they're like later when they're fleeing on their quest. That's when the bus thing happens. Okay, there's two yes. different bus things. I I don't know. Okay, <laughs> we but we should probably move on. Yeah, that's fine.
1: All right. Um. So yeah, he is like he's, school year. School year's over. He yes. goes home and he goes back home for a little bit. Yes, I'm just I'm just trying to remember some of the You're early trying to sequence. remember
0: he. So he goes back home for a little bit. This is when he we meets Melly Gabe his his oh deadbeat stepdad who is a cartoon. Yeah, and his mom, who is... Sally Jackson, the best person Sally, on Earth. Yeah, the best person on Earth who just loves to bring, like, blue candies and stuff. I'm not... Sh- like
1: <laughs> She got in an argument with Gabe once about whether or not there was blue food, mm-hmm. and he said, no, there's not, and she found a bunch of blue food and now eats it as, like, a small daily protein. Well, yeah, daily like per- Percy
0: Jackson just eats blue food to trigger the libs now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um so we, we get a small glimpse into Percy Jackson's home life. It's not unlike Harry Potter. Like nothing is nothing is is lingered upon here. Like no. we, we do not see get this picture of of Percy as somebody who's like uniformly miserable at home. And we like we get an in-depth description of his little bed under the closet and whatever. It is it is just a small glimpse that we get. Yeah. Um, before. So what is the like what is the thing that ha- so he is he's had this encounter at the museum with this thing and grover was like all right you need to stick with me don't leave my sight ever and then percy immediately le- leaves his sight yes. and then he goes back out and like grover finds him again or like what is the i I'm having trouble remembering the exact like transition from this stepdad thing back into the supernatural like he and his mom are going to go for a trip but then they get caught in like a weird Storm.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, and mm-hmm. before that is Leah in the chat did mention there is a part on the way back from the museum where they see three old ladies. And yes, okay, sure. It's the thing that this book does a lot. And I like this about the book. It is like if you know your mythology, Riordan will introduce a character that does not look like a character from myth yet in any explicit way. But if you know what you're looking for, you're like, oh, these old ladies. Hmm, Might they be the Fates? If you know about
0: mythology, or if you've you've read all of the Neil Gaiman's The Sandman yes. series, <laughs> so
1: he he gets a lot of mileage out of the. Uh, it could be introducing you to those characters, or if you're reading this because you kind of have an interest in myth already, you get the fun of the like remix culture of these of these characters. <laughs> sure, um, but it's no, the remix. There's, there's a bit where Percy overhears. Grover and um, his teacher, Mr. Oh, Brunner, yes, talking. Yes, you're right, you're right. And it's like, oh, they never make it past sixth grade. Yes, because
0: every everybody is like, telling him that Mrs. Dodds didn't exist, and then he, hears, he overhears them talking about how she clearly did exist, and that there's something afoot.
1: Yes, and mm-hmm. so they're going to take a weekend trip, uh, get away from Gabe, and uh, this turns into a trip to Camp Half-Blood to keep uh, Percy's safe
0: well it's it's gonna be a Trip to a beach house that they've just Gone to all the time for no yeah. reason yeah My one my frustration a little early on In this book is like having had no Exposure to this at all for the first Like what third of the book or so There's a big mystery as to who Percy Jackson's dad is because it turns out That his dad is a god like a Greek god
1: Yeah and you can tell um, it's going that way when he said that he was a half blood. But you know, yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. But But it's everybody's like, wow, this, who could this guy's dad be? Like, he gets really powerful in water and they go to a beach house all the time for no reason. <laughs> and it's like, clearly it's Poseidon. Can we just move on? To, no, you like, got to. There,
1: there have to be like three or four distinct moments where water functions like Popeye's spinach for Percy. Mm-hmm. And he gains combat powers and heals like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh before and then a little um a little like plumbob trident above his head appears, like he's in the Sims, but it's Poseidon. <laughs> and that's when other characters are like, Oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. Poseidon, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh but that happens a ways into his time at, at yeah. Summer Camp.
0: Emma's dunking on us for only being three chapters into the book so <laughs> no, let's, <laughs> let's
1: I think no it's because someone was late and they're, it's okay there's just plenty of time <laughs> come on in <laughs> um, but no so they're on the way to this beach house which you know after some
0: uh, they get attacked by a Minotaur mm-hmm. and uh, the car gets the car gets destroyed yep it's raining uh, Percy's mother is is missing now it,
1: it grabs her neck. And like squeezes until she turns into like shiny dust and disappears. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a there's an ongoing thing. I don't think like maybe we can talk about it up front so we don't need to talk about it as the story goes. Sure. But like one of there are a couple of different time pressure things that Riordan does to like keep the pace moving. One of them is that there is a deadline, which we will talk about, which yep. is the summer solstice. Yes, uh, And then the other one is that because Percy Jackson's mother is missing and because they found his destroyed car, he ends up being <laughs> wanted for the possible murder of his mother. By the and entire so
1: they, country anytime, of America.
0: Anytime they go anywhere in the entire country of America, there's always like, well, we got like 15 minutes before the cops show up. Like, So
1: let's keep going. And Smelly Gabe is like on TV being like, always knew that kid was trouble. I'm sure he blew up my car and his mom, and he's gonna blow up something in your town next. Like Gabe mm-hmm. hates this kid. Gabe stinks, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, Gabe stinks. You literally
0: say like as a plot point that he stinks.
1: Um, but yes, the, the, I think at one point before they really get it, like maybe as they're getting attacked by the Minotaur, his mom looks him in the face, is like, "We don't have. I don't have time to explain anything. We need to get you to safety." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So that is one thing that the book does a lot you're totally right um, a lot of people
0: in the chat being like i forgot about this fbi yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i
1: she's, just i just okay, what ahead. i
0: love about sally, sally jackson yeah
1: she's name, great right?
0: she's she's great but like clearly she goes to this little cabin by the sea because like yeah maybe she maybe she and poseidon could maybe she could do a poseidon booty call again maybe 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 i just i, re- I think that's nice well, and we know they, that that they like each other. We better. find out later <laughs> that the only
1: reason she married Gabe—maybe not the mm-hmm. only reason, but a reason—that she married human garbage monster Gabe is that he is literally so smelly mm-hmm. and has such bad vibes mm-hmm. that they mask, As the kids say today, yes, that they mask Percy
0: Jackson's half-immortal vibes from detection. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, he, he's giving he's giving protection. He's in his stinky era.
1: (laughs) So, uh, and we'll find out why that's important in a second. So he goes to Camp Half-Blood.
0: Cynthia points out that his last name is Ugliani. It's
1: really, (laughs) at one point, like towards the end of the book, Sally Jackson's been gone for a month, Mm -hmm. if that, and like underwear is on the lamps. Like it is that type of, it's not even just that he's stopped doing dishes. Yeah. It's like, how do you get your underwear on a lamp, my guy?
0: I Yeah, that's a great question. That's a wonderful question. It's the thing that you do in a cartoon to show that somebody is a slob.
1: So instead of going to some sort of wizard school, Andrew, Percy mm-hmm. winds up at a summer camp, which is very American. Mm-hmm. Um, describe- now, it's called
0: Camp Half-Blood, which I don't love. Don't love as it. A, as a name. Yeah. and Just in general. <laughs> yeah. The whole... Um, the whole uh what's the uh what's the thing in uh like native law about like the oh, like the amount of your blood that you have to oh well, the, that's oh, boy, yeah, that whole like bruja, like I just brought that to my to my mind, <laughs> was yeah. like yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess so yeah, well, yeah. I guess we're counting the percentage of someone's blood. So that they, so we can determine whether they belong in this group or not. That's it does cool. kind of like overall. Blood Quantum, everybody says. Exactly. Yes, that's right.
1: Overall, yes. the, the book is very irreverent. Like that mm-hmm. is like, like it is very. He's much... got a bit
0: of a tooth, like we said.
1: Well, it's not just that Percy has a bit of a tooth. He has a tooth.
0: Book... He loves to eat chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> just like some Percy
1: is, I listened to some of the audiobook and weird. Percy was voiced by Jaleel White. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the overall tone is that we get to kind of poke fun at these gods. We get to poke fun at these characters that we've read about in myth. Mm -hmm. We get to have fun with how we might like, what would a Gorgon, like what would Medusa be like if we met her in, you know, Western New York or whatever Mm -hmm. in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of that is also in the like, I don't know. Those guys just had a lot of sex, and they made a lot of kids. (laughs) And like, it's a thing that you talk about when you're reading those books in school, and you're like, "Why are there so many myths about Zeus like tricking ladies into boning, and then Hera turns them into a frog or whatever?" Like, Uh is this all they talked about? Mm -hmm. And Ryden's like, "Yeah, it is. Most of what they talked about. So I'm going to write a story about it. Mm -hmm. It's fun."
0: And so they so in in lore, the, all of the three big gods, uh, Zeus and Poseidon and Hades, all made a pact after World War II, which is making really making me wonder whose kid Hitler was. I got to tell well, you.
1: Well, let <laughs> like, me tell you, there's a. I did uh, make a note about sixty years ago after World War II. The big three agreed they wouldn't sire any more heroes. Their children were just too powerful. Too powerful. They were effect- they were affecting the course of human events too much, causing too much damage. World War II, you know, that was basically a fight between the sons of Zeus and Poseidon on one side and the sons of Hades on the other. Jeez. So. Oof, oof. Like,
0: so I guess so Hitler's clearly Hades' kid. I mean, I guess. I guess. I don't know about, like, FDR or Churchill or, like or Oppenheimer, Joseph Stalin. Or like, oh, yeah, no, the people who made the big nukes, yeah. I don't know who the Emperor of Japan's father was. Like, it's, yeah. it's a whole it's It a whole is thing. also,
1: it is interesting to me that the, that becomes such a big plot point. So, that is it is notable that they did not bone anyone since World War II, you know, pinky swear, um, because there have been a few
0: since then. Hannah says, I think it was implied that it was more that a God war was running alongside the human one. I think if, like, so if you read the, the mm. Iliad, which we're going to do starting in September when Emily Wilson's translation comes out, stay tuned. Yeah. Um, like, there there are, I, I, if I recall correctly, there are definitely, like, parallels where stuff is happening between the gods that is yes. then reflected on the human battlefield. My... Impression reading this was that World War Two was at least like the the human part of World War Two that we all know about was at least partly like due to this this God stuff. So they all decided to stop having kids. Yeah.
1: And uh, I
0: th- I noted that
1: mostly because it is one of the only times there's maybe one other beat in history mm-hmm. that the book deals with what these gods have been doing since the age of mythology, right? Like, almost everything... Like that since the,
0: since the game.
1: Yeah, almost everything <laughs> the that the age characters talk about. Like, a literal centaur. So, Percy Jackson's teacher ends up being the centaur Chiron, who's one of the faculty at Camp Half-Blood, who's also protecting mm-hmm. him. And everything they talk about the gods is stuff that Percy has read in a book before, except for the stuff about World War II... And except for any time they mention that Harry Houdini is one of the people who ever made it out of Hades, which is one of my favorite (laughs) little world building beats. But they don't, and I understand why they don't, like, spend time talking about all of the other stuff the gods have been up to um, and how they intersect with human history. But it is just interesting that they, like, he picked a point in history that made sense for why there would be these like tweens at a summer camp and then didn't really talk too much about the like two or three thousand years since the you know the Greeks were the seat of Western civilization.
0: Okay. Beanbag book says it's official Riordan confirmed that Hitler isn't a son of Hades. <laughs> so that's good. I apologize to to Lord Hades for for associating him with with Adolf Hitler. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I had the same exact thought. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Mussolini is, I guess. Oh
1: no! Uh, so <laughs> Percy stands out at Camp Half Blood because he did defeat the Minotaur after it, uh, sort of, but didn't kill his mom. Yeah, and um, he's been
0: carrying around this Minotaur horn with him the whole like, oh, time as oh. like a badge of his his accomplishment. So he yes.
1: does some training at the cool summer camp. He meets Annabeth, who is a daughter of Athena. Mm-hmm. who has a magic Yankees cap that turns her invisible. I like Annabeth. She meets... <sighs> Why
0: does it have to be a Yankees cap, though? That part I didn't like, but it's... What's it? So, okay, you're a baseball boy. What's the What's the sports team hat that you would put on to become invisible?
1: <laughs> um, the Oakland Athletics. Okay. <laughs> whose owners <laughs> just forcibly are moving the team to Las Vegas for money. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 40,000 fans showed up and stopped the game by chanting, sell the team to implore Jeez. them not to do that. So yeah, uh, right. a, f- the ch- a forgotten some, franchise, some the sm- Oakland A's. Small,
0: a small but loud uh, <laughs> contingent of people in the chat are upset <laughs> at you for, <laughs> for
1: I think the owners set. of the A's are mean. <laughs> accurately <laughs> reflecting
0: society. Or,
1: yeah, the Cubs would be fun. If the Cubs had never won a World Series, I would have said the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she, he also meets Luke, who is older than them? Annabeth has been there since she was like six or seven.
0: Yeah, she's been there for a while.
1: Um, we meet Luke, who's also been there for a while, but he's older. He's sort mm-hmm. of like a, kind of like a bunkhead. You know, he's not a, a, a bunkhead. He, you know, he's like not a f- he's not an adult at camp, but he mm-hmm. is. He has responsibilities. He's an authority he classes. Figure. Mm-hmm. He's an older teen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the audio book that I listened to, some of um somebody on our Facebook page mentioned it so i went and chucked and checked it out like it's a fine audiobook lots of interesting voices luke's voice is like like hey man like i'm sort of a surfer, a surfer bro he's a surfer bro he's yeah. sort of like what if leonardo talked like Raphael, not like like michelangelo like what if you had a serious <laughs> voice that was sounding goofy <laughs> okay
0: it's really weird sure okay
1: um but I, I think some people did not like that characterization of Luke. I think yeah, I people have why. frequently
0: complained about the characterization of Luke because sometimes he gets made like too, obviously like one of the um, criticisms that Riordan had of the, the movie script was like, Luke is too transparently evil in yeah. this version. And like, it's not as good if, if it's, it's not a surprise at the end when he turns out to be evil. So we're, we're going to so slow. So we need to pick it up. Yeah. Um, fine. Uh, this is so, well, something that is that was interesting to me about this is like you you don't really experience Percy as like a as a, an audience surrogate character the way that Harry Potter is the nope. way that like Harry Potter needs to have like jelly beans and like literally everything from jelly beans on up explained to him every time he encounters it at Hogwarts. And that's part of the the way that those books convey the the rules of the universe to to readers, at least for the first few books when it has consistent rules. Um, sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> this book, I think leans a lot on not just Percy's, but also the audience's sort of absorbed knowledge of Greek mythology to, to, to tell you the way that the, the world works and the, the relationships that the different characters have with yep. each other, which I, which I think is smart. Like I, I, I think it still will scan for most people and for the people it doesn't scan for it's enough to get you like interested in looking more up i just thought it was a, an interesting approach it to it means it is fleshing out the world yeah.
1: yeah it is still subject to what people might find wanting about uh like the mythical depictions of the gods which is like i don't know ares is the angry guy mm-hmm. and poseidon does water stuff mm-hmm. and Zeus is in charge and nobody likes it. And mm-hmm. Hades resents his lot in life. And
0: they all booted the Titans out. Like you got to know about the. You got to like about the Cronos and the Titans. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so like you're not going to get rich, multi-layered God characters. You never were because they aren't that way in myth. Yeah. Um, but you're
0: like going to get a, like a scene or two with any given God like at best.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing that he does is he relies on your kind of notional understanding of America. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They go from New York City to kind of in between New York City and St.
0: Louis. Which is pretty. Which is a lot of stuff. Yeah, but it, that's fine. That's fine. St. Um, Louis is in Missouri, which is kind of in the middle. Yep, like to to the right of the middle. If you're looking at a map of America, with California on the left and Florida on the right, which yes. is appropriate. So
1: they go from New York days. City to the woods outside New York City to, and this is at this point now there is a quest where um, lightning has been stolen from Zeus, the master. Mm-hmm. You know, the archetype of all lightning has been stolen mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. um hades it's helmet. like
0: that that golden like stick that they use to determine canonically like what a meter, <laughs> what a is. meter is or like, like zeus zeus has a cool like master key lightning bolt <laughs> that, <laughs> that he uses to make all the other lightning bolts uh
1: there also hades helmet has gone missing and uh poseidon has claimed percy as his own which is a bit of a risk um and so people think Percy did it at the recent winter solstice, and so Chiron's like, hey, you got the oracle wants you to go on this quest, you gotta get the lightning bolt, and you gotta solve this, because by the summer solstice, all the gods are gonna go to war, and it's gonna be World War III.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and somebody asked, did we already talk about the in-book explanation for why the Greek gods are now centered on the U.S.? great question it's because of western civilization i didn't love this part i didn't love this part either the u.s is the is the nexus of western civilization in the way that that greece used to be and rome used to be so i guess the greek gods just follow the white people around did the west die the gods
1: simply moved to germany to france to spain for a while Wherever the flame was brightest, the gods were there. They spent several mm. centuries in England. All you need to do is look at the architecture. People do not forget the gods. Every place they've ruled for the last three thousand years, you can see them in paintings, in statues, on the most important buildings. And yes, Percy, of course, they are now in your United States. It is the great power of the West, and so Olympus is here, and we are here.
0: So these, bo- these books don't talk a lot about like the gods being responsible for like colonialism and stuff. Mm, no um so that's not like great it's not it's great just,
1: it feels like a the people the
0: canadians in our chat seem a little <laughs> irritated that canada's not like doesn't get to be part of this it's, which
1: I <laughs> what is interesting is that like this only it's only here to justify why the gods are in america mm-hmm. and i at least in this book i don't find him over emphasizing that part of it it's really just kind of shoehorned in
0: no it's it's 2005 so talking about western civilization isn't necessarily an overt intentional dog whistle for a bunch of like proud boy nazi and garbage
1: yeah and he's coming at it from like history professor i teach the greek myths and the renaissance type brain Mm -hmm. um from the late 90s mid aughts like it's not Mm -hmm. i think he might approach it a little differently today yeah based on based on what i've read of about him and how he thinks. Um, People
0: also asking, is Olympus a physical place? Uh, oh. Like Mount Olympus, yeah. So Mount Olympus is its own place. It's. I don't think it's like on some American mountain. Like It's a floating
1: mountain in the sky above the Empire State Building.
0: Oh, sure. And then Hades, the location, yeah. is also a place. Like you go across the river with... Sticks and easy. Kair- Kair- we well, go well. You go across the river. Sticks with it's. Is it? Kair- it's Cairon, right? Yeah, yes, because he does not like when people get him and Chiron confused. Yes, and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to make him mad.
1: <laughs> um, so they go to the St. Louis Arch. There's a big fight there. They go to Colorado Is it? The, do they meet Ares in Colorado? So on this quest yeah. are are Grover, Annabeth and percy it's a big deal that someone's on a quest because luke went on one a few years ago a mm-hmm. uh, daughter of zeus died i think on that quest yeah and so they've shut down the whole quest operation until yes, now yes and,
0: and like grover's trying to get his wings
1: he's a clarence type i kind of like that real, about he's him he's a real
0: clarence from its a wonderful life type <laughs> i really like it go, actually once he get his wings and go look for pan yes who nobody um, thinks died It's like find, elvis i guess elvis do, for elvis but for the gods
1: they know they have to get to la so that they can find the entrance to hades
0: because obviously the entrance to la uh the entrance to hades <laughs> is in la obviously. which is funny which is also a also i keep talking about buffy it's just because we're rewatching oh, yeah. it right now yeah but um yeah the <laughs> yes they encounter
1: a, pla- a place
0: where lots of demons hang out
1: they encounter aries who's a big biker guy
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and he's a
0: real son of anarchy uh,
1: truly a (laughs) son of of, anarchy
0: kind of the father of anarchy when you think about it
1: Uh, and he has been uh, boning Aphrodite right Aphrodite yeah and uh, he needs them to go get something from a a water park there's a part where Hephaestus is switch streaming a trap he
0: he bones Aphrodite and he's cucking Hephaestus (laughs) Yes, and Hephaestus likes to like catch them in it because I I don't know that's kind of what he's into. <laughs> yeah, I don't want King Shame, the this god is, of no. the god of like metallurgy or whatever.
1: This uh, like this <laughs> most of the quests do a pretty good job, uh, and like these are my quests. I mean, like little interstitial encounters on the on the journey here. They do a pretty good job of like advancing either character or um, kind of adding a wrinkle to the plot. Mm-hmm. And this one is like, it does, it, the, we gotta go to a water park to get a thing for Ares feels really ancillary. But the fact that they spend time with Ares, who is important, so like very important at the end of the book, feels super memorable. And he's mm-hmm. like a, you know, an interesting character. But mm-hmm. he gives them a magic backpack with some food and stuff.
0: Yes. Daddy anarchy, as yep. Erica refers to him in the chat.
1: <laughs> There's a quick little, like, what if the Lotus Eater's Island, but a casino filled with VR games. Yeah. Passage that I
0: liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's cool.
1: And then they go to hell via California. Yes. What did you think of the depiction of California, Hades? California,
0: here we come. Um,
1: either the place or the person. I was thinking the person.
0: The person Hades? I mean, I, I... Liked him because he can like the, the we talked about the games Hades earlier and I assumed we would talk about them because I think the depiction of Hades in that game is really interesting and and it's very different. Tr- like if you watch the Disney Hercules and you experience Hades, he's just like the devil, like the yep. Christian devil from the Bible with a yep. different name. But if you read about the way Hades is depicted in actual mythology, like he's He's one of these big three brothers but he kind of gets cut off from everybody he has yep. to manage the realm of the the dead like he's sort he's you know he's he's sort of a dark character in and of himself but he also gets kind of a raw deal and he's a little bit like bitter about it and he is not he is depicted earlier in the book as sort of wanting to cause this big war and this big conflict between the gods and then you Percy gets down there and he's like I'd y- he he learns, you know, different facts on the on the ground that makes him change his assumption, but Hades is like, no, I don't like hell is full. I don't want more people coming down here. Yeah, I
1: what what struck me, I like the characterization relative to the, you know, kind of assumptions about Hades. What struck me about the depiction of it was the like overly bureaucratic language Where he's like, more security ghouls, traffic problems Mm -hmm. at the Judgment Pavilion, double overtime for the staff. I used to be a rich rich god, Percy. I control all the precious metals under the earth, but my expenses, he says. (laughs) I
0: think that Hades has expenses. (laughs) But that's the way he is in the Hades game, too. Like, when you go to the the you know the the lobby and yeah in between yeah. getting killed on runs like Hades is just sitting like filling out paperwork at a desk it does not look like a yes. cool sick job being the the lord know, of the master underworld. of this domain yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's, and it's it's an interesting character to encounter very different from the Hades and Persephone in the Sandman where he mm-hmm. he is more of that like uh kind of wizened old clever trickster guy He's not like uh, a creepy, greedy dude, but he is like there to trap you.
0: Is there Hades in the Sandman? I know there's Lucifer and I know there's Loki.
1: Yeah, he went down and, and hung out. Oh, he, yes, yes. Okay, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Orpheus went down there and yeah. we see him
1: briefly. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: Morpheus didn't go down. Orpheus did. Orpheus did. It's, it's one Morpheus, letter yeah. different, you know. It's Yeah.
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but while Percy is down there, they learn a couple things. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about one.
0: Like Hades' hat is missing. Like Hades yeah. has his own magical artifact that's missing. And he also, like, so uh, he's not Ares, interested in this war. Yeah. He's not interested in the war. He is missing his own, like, helm, like yep. his own object of power, just like Zeus is. Um, Percy discovers that a backpack that Ares gave him that was ostensibly, like, full of cool supplies and loot and stuff has Zeus's thunderbolt in it. Yeah. So like somebody is trying to frame him, play Percy. Yep. To start this, like you know, the the son of Poseidon is doing this stuff to start a war, like trying to to play the three gods off of each other. Like that. That's what we learn when they're down there.
1: And Percy's been having dreams to that effect, but he doesn't know what they very, mean. Very
0: literal dreams and prophecies yep. in, in this book. Like, do you want to do you want to talk? We should about talk, the talk prophecy about the prophecy, real prophecy quick? yeah. Because I can just wanna, all right. Here we go.
1: So this is so
0: uh, Percy goes to see the Oracle, yes, um, at Delphi, basically. Um, even though she's like in an attic at this camp, <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, not, it's not important. It's fine. Well, the, you <laughs> know, Western civilization moved to America, so of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like the crack with the fumes coming out of it that the Oracle stood over is also in America now. Yeah,
1: the, um, the reason I want to talk about this prophecy now. Mm-hmm. is because it really comes to a head in Hades, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it says, you sh- and it's all delivered through uh, you know, visions of Gabe, Smelly Gabe and his poker friends. But yes. you shall go west and face the god who has turned. You shall find out what was stolen and see it safely returned. You shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend, and you shall fail to save what matters most in the end. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he's going to go f- confront Hades, who's the god in the west who has turned that Mm -hmm. turns out to be not true he's going to confront Ares. Mm -hmm. you will find what has stolen and be returned he does succeed in doing that he winds up having to leave his mom behind in the underworld which was actually what he kept telling himself was his personal quest let alone whatever the world war three stuff was and i did like that about percy that feels very true to this whole Greek myth realm where like somebody's like, listen, you got to do this great thing for the world. And he's like, no, I have something I want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a personal legend, please. i want to go
0: save my mom because of my personal legend, <laughs> yes.
1: Um, <laughs> and so he has to leave her behind. And then the the one part of it that gets skipped over is somebody is going to betray him, a friend of his. And that comes back at the end of the book. But there is some mystery about whether or not it's going to be Annabeth
0: um, or someone else, or Grover, or, or yeah. hmm. There's Who's only left? Like, <laughs> there's only like three friends that Percy has <laughs> yeah. in this whole book. <laughs> so much like the uh, who is Percy's dad mystery that yeah. Riordan tries to pull off. Like who is going to betray? Percy is clear from the moment that Luke gives them like a secret gift that he doesn't want anybody else to know
1: about. Yeah, he gives them magic shoes that almost send Grover into a very scary pit that is clearly got Kronos at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the no, Amanda,
0: Amanda, Grover is not the monster at the end of this book. Unlike, hey. unlike the monster at the end of this book, where hey. Grover is the monster at the end of the book. Yeah. Um,
1: so there's this cool fight sequence when he comes out of Hades, uh, where he fights Ares on the beach. Mm-hmm. I liked that fight a lot. Mm-hmm. How did you like the action in this book overall, Andrew? It was
0: pretty good. I thought like it was it was it was easy to follow, and yeah, it's just like, like the fights had a beginning, and then they and then there was a middle, and then there was an end, I, and they we, were all pretty like scannable, which the, is not always the case with fight sequences.
1: They were very legible, and I was struck by most of them were not over long. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, if you actually, well, no, nothing
0: them. in this book, like no, that's true. Uh, as opposed to our episode about it, nothing in this book runs for too long. That's true.
1: <laughs> it is interesting. This is one where we get like a really clear description of what cops on the beach are seeing while Percy is like using the ocean to Dragon Ball Z fight Ares with swords. Mm-hmm. And like everyone on the beach is like, wow, those are some big guns that that kid has <laughs> fighting that biker guy.
0: Yeah, I guess they're just shooting guns at each other on the beach and is making
1: cop cars explode for mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but Percy wins. He's got some cool moves, and yeah. he also is like clever. You know, he's yeah. like an Odysseus type with yeah. extra fighting moves. I guess. Yeah,
0: and he's well. I mean, let's not because Odysseus is kind of Athena's boy. So I don't, I don't, I just don't want to make Fair any enough. god mad because we might like Athena might be in disguise in the chat right now, and I don't want to. I just try to live my life like a, like a Greek god can be. Remember somebody who I knew very
1: mm-hmm. early in the book when he almost says the word Minotaur and his mom's like, careful. Names have power. Uh huh. And then the only other version of that we get is like occasionally people are like, but, but just don't, don't say baby, don't
0: say Kronos don't yeah. say Kronos.
1: I <laughs> thought that was going to be a bigger part of the book.
0: Yeah. Um, it's more just. There's that also like, there's also a whole scene <laughs> where they're leaving camp Half Blood. And Chiron, like he's a like he's somebody's mom. He like hands them uh, Ambrosia squares in yes. a Ziploc bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like they're Rice Krispie treats. I love it. And and there's that whole thing about you know it'll it'll cure you of almost any injury, but it's lethal to mortals if you eat too much of it. Uh, too much of it would make a half blood very very feverish, and overdose would burn us up literally. Really thought there's was gonna be Chekhov's Ziploc bag. Never came up here. Never comes up again.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. There's there's just stuff like that Where he is He's just playing with what could be In the inventory yeah, and, and yeah, having yeah. fun People um, in the
0: chat talking about guns on the beach The only guns that I have on the beach Are, are these these bad boys That we're both flexing our big muscles Our big podcaster muscles Yeah <laughs> That we, that we get from lifting our microphones up and down.
1: I think the time. muscles you and I have are the ones we get from like lifting our sons. Lifting children, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> um, so he defeats Ares. It's pretty cool. I did like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we haven't really shouted out Annabeth and Grover. They've each had their own mov- like moments in the quests. Mm-hmm. I think they're both cool characters. I, I mm-hmm. liked the relationships between all three of them pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to say about them as types. No,
0: like especially if we do the other four yeah. of these, like in the main series. I don't know that we'll end up doing the sixth one or not, but like we'll we'll have plenty of time, I think, to talk about Annabeth and Grover a little bit more. Which I like. I think yes. they're I think they're going to get short shrift. I, I think they are. They are good in this, but they're fleshed like it's a sort of sub Ron and Hermione level of characterization that they get in this book just because it's trying to do so much else and because Percy is so centered. Yep, yep. You know? And it's from
1: his perspective, so like mm-hmm. it's, you know, can't jump over to them. Um and I like Annabeth as the I really wanted to go on a quest, but I guess I will settle for helping you. Like that mm-hmm. energy is interesting.
0: Well, and then also her being like a daughter of Athena, like she always yeah. got a plan. She loves it when a plan comes together.
1: And Athena who doesn't otherwise appear, which I thought was kind yes. of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um so the end of the book is two parts. One, Percy goes to Olympus to set things right. Mhm. This is where I would like us to just talk about the depictions of Zeus and Poseidon. There's a f- real there's quick. a fun
0: bit where the part of the reason why Percy can't just like fly from yeah. from New York to California is because the sky is the domain of Zeus and if the son <laughs> of Poseidon is flying through the air Zeus is just going to whack him. Yeah. Uh, and so he does get on a plane to go back and zeus is like boy pretty the the balls on this guy to go on this plane yep
1: (laughs) and he has to go all the way up like 600 floors in the empire state building he gets Mm -hmm. to mount olympus and he sees zeus who i think like he's like in a suit but he basically is like Zeus, right? Which is
0: pretty, uh, pretty pretty typical for Zeus, just like a big, muscly, sort of beardy guy who looks like he th- could throw a lightning bolt at you. Poseidon <laughs> clearly is like at this meeting, but he's here on the way to go see a Jimmy Buffett concert. I love it. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> it is why I'm wearing kind of a beachy like parrot and flower shirt right now. Um, The god sitting next to him was his brother, without a doubt, but he was dressed very differently. He reminded me of a beachcomber from Key West. He wore leather sandals, khaki Bermuda shorts, and a Tommy Bahama shirt with coconuts and parrots all over it. His skin was deeply tanned, his hands scarred like an old-time fisherman's. His hair was black like mine. His face had that same brooding look that had always gotten me branded a rebel, but his Uh eyes, sea green like mine, were surrounded by sun crinkles that told me he smiled a lot, too. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. It uh, is James Buffett. What if James Buffett was a Greek god? What if James?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a show I wasting, saw on Broadway. Waste,
0: wasting away again in ambrosiaville These I, guys. I saw the Hamburger Show um, on Broadway. The Cheeseburger Show. <laughs> the Cheeseburger. That's not a d- Hamburger in Paradise. <laughs> you <laughs> lactose intolerant. Get out of here.
1: Hamburger in <laughs> Hades, more like. Um, <laughs> so, so he connects with them. He, you know, sets it right with Zeus. Has a moment with his dad. what you th- what what I like about how this book talks about these kids and their parents and their daddy it, stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of absent parent stuff, which, you know, it's mid aughts. It's not quite in that nineties divorce family boom in media no, that we've no, talked about not, before. <laughs> no.
0: no, like Sally Jackson and Poseidon, like they they got no beef with each other. It's no. just like he's a god and he's got other stuff to do. Yep. I yep, guess. Yep.
1: Um, um, it is interesting to me that like the book takes a little bit of time for Poseidon to feel something about Percy mm-hmm. not a lot but something and just I was just thinking about like but they've had bajillions of ki- like I guess there's the novelty of it being you know post the World War II no boning truce right uh-huh. mm-hmm. that, that Percy is different in that I way I just like
0: did they consider what might my- and this is going to get a little blue for our, for our okay. book podcast, but like if the gods aren't allowed to bone anymore, oh, then what happens, what happens when they need to relieve that, that pressure in some other, like, does it, are there more thunderstorms and like tidal waves after world war two? And is that why it's not, it's not climate change. Is this because <laughs> anyway, you've heard of El Nino. El Nino. Yeah. That's what happens. (laughs) What happens when Zeus and Poseidon do it at the same time. Um, So (laughs) the the other people in the chat also talking about, um, about Athena and whether she could have kids. I like to think that since uh, Athena sprang fully formed from the head of Zeus, that Athena's children would similarly spring fully formed from, her somewhere the way that i don't know if it goes into that at all i
1: believe annabeth describes it as like she was just brought to her dad's door which Uh which was like kind of an equivalent for me it pinged the athena origin story just enough to make it cool um and the book ends with her deciding to go back and give her life with her dad another try that stuff is kind of neat um because it's a little different from uh percy's relationship with his mom it's mm-hmm. just a, a different flavor that I appreciated um, mm-hmm. And then we get the big
0: Alecra <laughs> says that Zeus's head held all the eggs Athena would ever have <laughs> <laughs> No <laughs> Oh god I Let's do go the so final long. chapter
1: here Andrew mm-hmm. um, Where we get The mask off moment From our boy mm-hmm. Luke mm-hmm.
0: Who I guess he's, he's just like a bad guy He's just working for Kronos I guess
1: yeah, he's working for Kronos. Uh, Percy seems to like think that maybe Kronos, like, cause like maybe Kronos took over Ares, was like influencing Ares, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. might be doing the same to Luke. The book mm-hmm. is like pretty clear; it's not going to answer any of those questions because there's going to be four more books, or there's going to be four more, more books, books yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And we all know um, that
0: Rick Riordan is very conscious of like sequel opportunities. Yes. So
1: <laughs> I I did like, and the movie apparently did not do this. Is that like it's not a fight? Like Luke monologue, he does his villain monologue, he leaves Percy for dead, and bounces, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: he also he's still, he's still out there to be like a whole a real Count Dooku. He
1: is, and he's kind <laughs> of like he's really internalized this like hatred of mankind which is not unique to this story but i thought it was kind of interesting in context where he's it is, like it's
0: it comes up in other characters too like grover yeah repeatedly is like man humanity just really messes up the environment and it really seems my beans but yep. he doesn't like his response to it isn't to like a new humanity yep, yep
1: yep 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 and like what is the thing that luke says he's like mankind should just go back to their caves yeah like chronos mm-hmm. knows the score like y'all don't deserve this I will, you know, I'm a demigod, so I can do a little bit about it, and he won't hurt me, which is probably false. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it ends with a few things. Annabeth's gonna go back and try being with her family. Uh, Does Percy want to go back and be with his mom? Percy Percy does
0: end up going back to be with his mom. Yeah, like he's given the opportunity to stay at Camp Half Blood year round, or to go back and spend time with his mom, who he does end up rescuing. He yeah, and also gives her Mm. the head of Medusa. And is like, listen, if there's anybody who you don't like in your life, who you're married to, who you would like to turn into a statue with a Gorgon head, I'm just going to leave it right here and then you can do what you want with it. Yep. And so she turns Stinky Gary, Stinky Greg, whatever his name is, Smelly Greg smelly into Gabe. a. Smelly Gabe into a statue with a gorgon head and then like sells it to an art museum for a bunch of money and moves out of her apartment
1: <laughs> it's unreal <laughs> oh people is, are asking where did the mom come from hades mom had was in her. hades yeah
0: hades had her and was using her as like collateral and so when percy returns the helm right solved all the like the he cleared up all the misconceptions his yeah. mother was returned to him yeah,
1: yeah. um yeah and he does have a moment where he like, what if I did something about Gabe? And he, you know, he leaves it to his mom to do something yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
0: yeah, I like. Well, him mom pretended murders Gabe. I mean, to murder somebody, you have to be convicted in a court of law, and I just don't know if that's going to happen. So, I don't think so. I mean, Medusa heads don't petrify people. Moms petrify people. Says <laughs> Nick.
1: <laughs> I liked this book. I had like you know I had my I had quibbles. In terms of, you know, the parts of it that were pretty predictable, but also, like, let's put myself in the brain of maybe someone who
0: hasn't read a story like this before. You oh, some of uh, the Dr. Pee-pee butts in the chat uh, asks, wait, <laughs> so the FBI is an after mom for murder? No. Th- I think the reason why most people in the chat didn't remember the FBI plot is because it goes nowhere and does nothing. Yep. And it's just, like, promptly dissolves at the end of the book like cotton candy and water. Like, it just it's gone. Yep. It's really nothing. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um not necessary for the book to happen. Yeah, um, do you want any reviews of this book, Andrew?
0: Sure, sure, hand me with a couple, a couple of quick reviews that we can finish in the next five minutes, please.
1: Sure. So first, there's an article from right around when this book came out in the New York Times paper of record, um, the called, old
0: gray lady,
1: called Harry Who, <laughs> and it was uh, one reviewer reviewing two new fantasy books by guys named Rick. uh comparing this book with another one called the extraordinary adventures of alfred crop um that also i think is like doing some arthurian legend stuff Mm -hmm. and the reviewer finds this book comes out uh ahead
0: um better um, it's like you know two, two guys named Rick wrote books and the times is on it you know <laughs>
1: like- many many readers will find parallels between the quarrels of the gods and those of the adults around them what child hasn't felt at the mercy of mighty unpredictable beings and that gets to the core of what what is appealing about this book um, I found some common sense media reviews we think we've talked about common sense media in the past uh-huh. that's the like parental guidance whole web of you know This is what is in Bluey. This is what is in Ghost Rider and whether or not it's appropriate for your kids. Mm -hmm. Also, kids write reviews. And there's one that I really liked um, by a 10-year-old that said – or 12-year-old, excuse me. Uh I love this series. Spoiler alert. Do not read the past this point if you don't want the spoiler. This book is about a 10-year-old dyslexic ADHD boy named, of course, Percy Jackson. (laughs) One day he goes on vacation with his mom, and then his whole world changes forever. He's recruited into Camp Half-Blood, and he learns he's a demigod. I'm not going to give any more spoilers, but just know this is an awesome book. Just make sure to remember that this wor- this is a work of fiction.
0: It is. It's very important to remember. <laughs> I, I want it to be on the record that I told you that this was going to happen, but people in the chat are demanding to know how many stars <laughs> these reviews are.
1: Well, the New York Times one, I don't. No, the Common Mm -hmm. Sense Media one was five stars, but I five stars. We have have a tab over here
0: with Uh some uh huh three star Goodreads reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Luffy said episode six (laughs) hundred. Baby, pulling out all the stops. I got my my guitars out.
1: Lovey said this book didn't have jaw-dropping twists but it was slightly more than okay. The kids spoke like people in their 20s. The mentor, I don't agree with that. The mentors <laughs> and the gods had no scope to be memorable. I don't agree with that as like a full-on negative, but what I said earlier I think tracks is that like you're dealing with these characters of myth. The novel is not interested in like deepening them. They need uh-huh. to be the archetypes that they are for the book to work. Mm -hmm. Um, truth be told this middle grade novel reminded me of the Goosebumps series it had the same limited appeal the same cap on imagination pump
0: your your brakes bud the
1: same tame
0: endings it's reminiscent of compartmentalism no big (sighs) what is this Wow. just dunking on jovial bob too just out of nowhere (laughs) lord
1: and then plenty of other people are like you know does this feel like other books that I've read sure but I'm looking forward to reading the next one One person just said, three stars. I'm sad I didn't read this in middle school, which feels like it should maybe be more stars than that.
0: Well, I I understand coming to something and being like, man, there was a point in my life where I would have loved this, and now I definitely see the appeal but don't love it as much as I would have. Like, I I completely can get giving that three stars.
1: And that's what a a number of the other three-star reviews said. You would not be surprised that, overwhelmingly, this is a five- and four-star reviewed book. People people like this one. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and I did too. I think I'm excited to to continue our journey and find out. I like this book sets up a sequel, but not an explicit one, which I always appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. It's not
0: there's there's not like a the end with a big question mark at the end of it.
1: Yeah, and there's you know there's There's just
0: like there's the hanging thread of Luke, mm -hmm. and there's just like okay, all these characters exist. What's going to happen now?
1: Yep, yep. And that's all I need. Maybe.
0: People in the chat demanding Jack Black as either Dionysus or Stinky Gabe. (laughs) I don't think Stinky Gabe deserves the amount of pathos and charisma that Jack Black would bring to the... Would inadvertently bring to the role.
1: Based on... Jack Black
0: as Chiron I could get behind. Danny DeVito clearly is is Dionysus.
1: Jack Black as Chiron would be kind of fun. It would
0: whip because he's already got experience playing a teacher from the movie School of Rock.
1: Based on... I think he could be a good rendition of this Hades too. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. I mean, why don't I mean you got you gotta have you gotta have Bob Odenkirk as Hades. You gotta put Bob Odenkirk in it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Can Danny Trejo be Ares?
0: <laughs> that would actually own. <laughs> okay, Jeff Bridges <laughs> as Poseidon would be kind of cool. Yes, Jeff Bridges as the dude as Poseidon would yeah. be okay.
1: excellent. <laughs> as yeah. explicitly as the it's in the and introducing the
0: dude. Yeah, the Big Lebowski as <laughs> Hades. or no as as Kyron. All right, as well, Kyler. okay, that's Whew. it. Right. All right. Yeah, I think we're good. Think we, we got
1: lightning back. We're gonna be. We uh, found the lightning Olympians thieves. We're mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Thanks everybody for joining us. I can't believe we've done 600 of these. I mean, I can because we do them regularly. We I'm do. not we surprised have, yeah. that we got to this number. Uh, but I am humbled. I am surprised
0: that people are still interested.
1: <laughs> humbled and you know, heartwarmed that people are are listening. People are finding us anew, mm-hmm. which is always mm-hmm. you know kind of shocking and nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that people decided to join us. Yep. it's kind of neat yeah if you want to re- if you're here you're listening you know the score but if you want to recommend the show to someone tell them to write an email to overdue pot at com that says what is your podcast and then we will answer it send them to our social media feeds at overdue pot have them tweet at us have them hit us up We're i don't think we're on threads um We're on something. It's fine. Find us and talk to us and we'll talk to you. That's how it works. Our theme song is composed by Nick Larangis. Andrew, I forgot to shout it out at the top of the episode, but Rick Riordan worked on a project from Scholastic called the 39 Clues series. Okay. It was a series of mystery books for kids written by different authors that had, you got cards with each book and you went online and the cards would help you solve mysteries in the book. (laughs) One of the authors Weird ARG nonsense (laughs) One of the authors who collaborated on that series Peter Larangis Ooh our buddy Peter Our boy Our boy A a relative of Nick's A a thematic A
0: relative of the guy who did the theme song (laughs) Yeah
1: so that's Small World Uh, Andrew if folks want to know more about the show
0: Where should they go? You should go to overduepodcast.com to answer the question in the chat. No, I can't play the theme song because I don't know how to play it. <laughs> I'm not very good. Uh, overduepodcast.com is where we have the uh, books that we have written, the ones that we are going to read. The schedule for July has been up for a while. We are halfway through July already. That's Woo. too fast. Um, we also, as many of you know, have a Patreon page, slash overduepod. Um, support us financially. You can go into our Discord and hang out. You can come to other. Uh, live stream things we've yeah. not like I don't usually have the guitar we don't usually do the images like maybe we should just to like make it more interesting for people but we can yeah. talk about that off mic Um, other rewards as well including uh, getting bonus episodes like our Stand By Me series and our upcoming uh, Return to Homer Time for Emily Wilson's Iliad will all be Patreon things too Uh, they'll go out on the main feed for everybody eventually but patrons will get them first so again patreon.com slash overdue pod
1: You can also vote on one book a month. So next week actually will be... um, What will be next... I don't know. Is it an unkindness of ghosts?
0: I don't know. You're, I you got yourself next. into this mess. I, I think did. you need to get yourself personal responsibility.
1: Craig. That is next. Um, and that was a patron's choice winner. So we'll talk about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the month is Sharp's Eagle by Bernard Cornwell. Uh huh. So I mean, that's, that's like more Napoleonic war stuff, I think. I'm excited to get back.
0: It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Yes.
1: You know, tell your friends.
0: Yeah, tell your friends and, and do the thing. Until we talk to you next time, please try to be happy.